0: I am often asked the question on what drives buyers to make decisions that they do and what entices them to want to purchase from your brand. And that's a really great question and one that a lot of people just don't even know really how to understand and what goes through the mindset of the consumer. So in this episode, you're going to learn about the buying decision journey. What drives you, me, and everyone else in this world to make decisions and buy purchases from people? Now, as you already heard in the last episode, we briefly touched on the subject. What we are going to do is dive deeper into building out different personas and targeting these individuals with personalized content. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to What Makes You Click, a podcast about successful marketing approaches and tips. Every episode provides our listeners with innovative marketing trends, ideas and strategies that drive increased revenue opportunities our guest experts influencers and business owners share their unique perspective on what makes customers click sit back and tune in for money-making advice from our experienced and hilarious marketing experts the buyer decision journey, and more specifically, what it means to build personas. Now, personas are individual characteristics that make up your target audience. Now, let's say for an example, you have three different target audiences, and you may find that you're trying to target outdoor leisure equipment to people between the ages of 20 to 40. You may find that you have outdoor running shoes that help with comfort for people who are athletes who maybe suffer from chronic foot pain, and maybe you might be trying to target you know, young adults or even teenagers who are actively involved in high school sports or college sports. So each of those different age groups and demographics make up a persona. Now, personas can be classified as geographical location, different types of activities, age demographics, and so forth. For us, we build personas based on interest that people have in our company. So we may have someone that comes to us saying, hey, we're more of a DIY type marketing company, and we just need to know what are some of the tools and tips and tricks you can help us to understand what we need to be doing in the marketplace. Or we have individuals that come to us and say, we really need you to help manage our marketing and help us take us business to the next level. And then there are times where you have businesses come in and they say, we have been doing marketing for a long time, but we're not so sure that all of the marketing that we have been doing is actually working the best of its ability that it could be. So from there, we've built different personas based on each of those characteristics of our target audience. Now, Personas are people who are engaged and people who want to communicate and receive content directly from you in some specific way. So if I have someone that comes to me saying that they are very interested in website design and having us help them with that, I will put them into a category of website design services and target specific content to them. So they may receive an email newsletter from me that says, You know, that this is the tips you need to think about when it comes to website design. These are the things you need to be thinking about as you build out your new website. Or these are the ways that you can partner with our company to help XYZ through your new website. Now that's important to them because they want to understand those trends. Now it's not that they may not want to receive information on social media or in this case our lead generation opportunities, but it's not their area of focus. So what it takes for me is building out these personas and then targeting them with information. Now at the bottom of let's say an email campaign, I can say, hey, you may also find that lead generation complements your website in this way and that way. Contact us to find out more. So now what I'm doing is giving an opportunity to cross-sell what my products and what my services are to this individual. They're still receiving what content they want, but now I'm enticing them to click through to learn how other areas of my business can help support them. So building out the buyer decision journey helps to build out personas. You can target your specific audience with content, In your CRM, you can score people based on interactions that they have, and then categorize people based on their wants and needs. So what does this whole process look like to you? So let's start by talking about how to get people to engage with your lead generation efforts. Now, there are different forms in which you could be using. There's a couple called lead captures, lead magnets conversion techniques, aka landing pages, and then lead scoring, which we're gonna tie into another episode coming up, but we'll mention what that means to you today. So what does all of this mean to you? What is lead capture? What are lead magnets? And how do we get people to convert on our site? So lead capture, lead capture is your opportunity to entice someone about your business or your product or your service offering. So you may use a video or a picture that's showing some sort of offer or incentive or something that specifically relates to your business. You can do this through an email campaign that you're sending out. You may create a social media post. You may write a blog about this content or maybe even run a paid ad through social media or even Google. These are ways of capturing the attention of people who may not even know or understand or recognize who your business is today. So what you're trying to do in some ways is build that top of the funnel opportunity. So when we talk about all of these different categories in the funnel, we talk about top, the middle, and the bottom. And each of us have a different persona and different uh, decision when it comes to that top of the funnel, that middle of the funnel, and that bottom of the funnel. But this is a way that brands can use the marketing that they're doing today to then further develop these people, these leads, into paying customers. So let's say for an example, there's a video ad playing from your company, and you're enticing me to click on that video ad that I found on social media, and then what you are doing is drawing me back to your landing page. Now your landing page has very specific information. Some of this information is found within your advertisement, but now you further define that information on a landing page. Now a landing page is a one page website that basically tells me everything I need to know, how I can interact with you. So for example, what is it that you're selling me or what is your service? That should be the first focal point. How do I connect with you? Why? should I be connecting with you? That's the big question that a lot of times brands don't actually define on these landing pages. Why should I be partnering with you? What types of customers have engaged with you in the past and what were their experiences and how do I sign up or purchase now? So we talk a lot about having a clear call to action and that call to action could be download a sample, call to learn more. Buy now, sign up for our free webinar. Whatever that is, it has to be clearly defined to the user so that they know. Now that clear definition on your landing page is also clear in the advertisement or the email or the social media posts that you're putting out there. You say, sign up now to receive this. Then I click on the landing page, I know that I'm supposed to sign up now, why? Because the page also says, sign up now so you entice people by keeping a clear call to action. You know, a lot of times people say, I don't necessarily want to use, don't wait, act now, or space is limited, or only five seats are available. But there is a true fact out there that says, We as human beings are more enticed to go and purchase something very quickly if we see that we might be missing out on an opportunity to take advantage of whatever the offer is, you know, only taking the first 10 registrations. So we know there's an urgency behind us needing to take action as consumers. So then after we have captured these individuals, you're probably on your landing pages enticing them with some sort of lead magnet. So what is that lead magnet? So maybe you put click here now to download our free white paper or sign up today to receive a free 30 minute consulting session. Whatever it might be, that's the magnet that's drawing me in to take the action. So I might be saying, okay, I'm going to fill out the form. Now, Very, very common mistake that I find businesses make that I want to make Do you, excuse me, I want to make sure you are aware of is that forms on landing pages or on websites don't need to contain so many different fields. And why? Because we want to fill something out quickly. You should really just be asking for someone's name and someone's email and, you know, their phone number and company name. Those are really the four key areas that you need to be asking for. You can then from their email address, hopefully then Google what their website is, then you can find out what their address is. So is it a little more legroom for you and work that you need to do? Yes, but in the end, you're not asking your potential prospect to fill out all the information and take the time to do it. So by keeping a simple form on your site, you might actually find that you increase conversions. So that lead magnet is driving me to that landing page. That landing page is testimonials from clients. Uh, whatever the offer and incentive is, it could be a free 30-minute consulting session. It could be a free ebook that talks about what you need to be thinking about when purchasing a new home. These are all information that goes on those landing pages. And then in turn, what you're trying to do is basically score me based on my interactions. So once i fill out that form am i now you know a part of your newsletter am i going out to social media am i liking your pages so lead scoring can happen when different interactions that i as a consumer take with your brand receive a score and i could you could say if they visit our main page on the guide to you know what you need to think about when purchasing a home, that could be you add 10 points for me. And if I fill out that form on that page to receive that guide, now you add 25 points for me. But then let's say I go to your careers page. It's a page that is not really important to driving the sale for your business, but maybe it's someone like myself looking for a new opportunity. Maybe you say, okay, if they go to our careers page, I might deduct 10 points or 15 points uh, based on the algorithm that's creating. So what you're doing in the lead scoring opportunity is developing a low to medium to high interest client profile. And again, these metrics vary from people to people. So you may say, Anyone that receives a score of 65 or less is considered a low or cold lead. They're not really interested, they're a little engaged, but they're not really interacting. And then someone between 65 to let's say 110 is a medium or warm lead. So a warm lead being someone that is starting to engage a little bit, is opening emails, is interacting on social media. And then anyone that scores over 110, that's a hot lead. That's someone that you should be following up with immediately because they're showing very active interest in your brand and what you have to offer. So when all of these different things, lead capturing, lead magnets, conversions, getting a conversion or a sale to complete, that's really important. And then finally, you know, taking that opportunity to tag these individuals and score them in the CRM is equally as important as well. So now we're going to get into meeting our guest interviewer, Tim McMahon, who is the Director of Marketing at St. Joseph Hospital. Tim, why don't you introduce ourselves?
1: Great. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So my name is Tim McMahon. I'm the Director of Marketing at St. Joe's uh, for the last two and a half years. And if you you don't know what St. Joe's is, we're a hospital here in Greater Nashville. We've been here since 1908. We are a 208-bed acute care hospital. And we also have 11 outpatient clinics surrounding Nashua, Hudson, Merrimack, and Milford.
0: Tell us a little bit about some of your specialty in those clinics that you have at the hospital.
1: Sure. So inside the hospital, we offer rheumatology, orthopedics, gastroenterology, OBGYN, midwifery, and many others.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here in this segment. So what I'd love to do is just ask you a little bit about what your hospital does in terms of marketing and advertising. And then, you know, get a really good idea for these. So this podcast that we've been doing is about lead generation, talking about how do people connect with individuals that don't have any awareness to their hospital, or just in general to their businesses. And then how do you nurture these people into clients, patients, etc. So let me start off by asking you, how do you Generate awareness to your hospital and practice?
1: You know, we use a lot of different mediums to generate traffic. And, you know, the hope, of course, from a marketing perspective, is that that traffic turns into new patients. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other factors that go into someone becoming a new patient, but if we can get them to the website, that's really our first goal. So we do uh, a wide mix of both online marketing. As well as what you know, most people would consider traditional marketing, like TV and radio and um, and newspapers and things like that. So, you know, some of the things that are, we really focus on on a daily basis are things like Google Ads, Facebook Ads, lots of online video on YouTube and Vimeo and places like that. But we also move into, like I mentioned, TV. So we run video ads on Comcast, but we also run them on our streaming channels, things like Hulu and Amazon. So those are all really helpful. Um, We also are super involved in supporting our community. So we do a ton of events and we sponsor a lot of organizations' events as well. So things like the Healthy Kids Running Series right here in Nashua, we're the only, only, only local sponsor that uh, takes part in that event. We also work with a lot of nonprofits like the Front Door Agency, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Nashua, and many others.
0: That's great. So tell me a little bit about the partnerships that you built. You seemingly are really integrated into a lot of the nonprofits, into really helping and supporting the community. So what does that mean to you as a hospital, especially when you have a lot of these services that you know cross- To what they're offering as well?
1: Sure. So it's it's kind of funny because we're a nonprofit, but we support a lot of other nonprofits as well. And, you know, there's two factors to it. You know, one, of course, is we want to support our community, we want to reach out and help people wherever they are. Um, We are a very mission based hospital, and we believe it's part of our mission to help anybody and everybody at all times. But, there's also a marketing angle to it. So the more engaged we can get with these nonprofits and again, supporting their events and, and being out there with our banners and our signs and things like that, it's better for us as well. So it really, it really fills kind of two goals for us.
0: That's great. So talking about your social media and, and all of your different marketing avenues, which media avenues do you find patients interacting with your brand the most?
1: So it's it's probably mostly social media is where we get the most interaction, which I guess isn't really a big surprise because it's something where we post on social media across multiple channels every single day and usually multiple times a day. So we post on Facebook, we post on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and most recently even TikTok, which might sound kind of funny coming from a hospital, but there is a market for it because TikTok, the average age is about 18 to 40. And people are looking at TikTok every single day. And if you can make videos that speak to that audience, those videos can go viral. And then you can use those videos on Instagram and Facebook as well. So we really see a lot of value in kind of diversifying our marketing efforts. And you know, social media has certainly been a big piece of that, certainly from an engagement standpoint. Um, obviously, we, we do a lot of other marketing I mentioned, things like you know, Google ads, um, newspaper ads, we do a lot of blogs, um, we try to put a lot of content out there through email marketing as well. So we, we get engagement through that um, as well, but social media has definitely been number one.
0: That's great. Well, you know, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story. And in the next few episodes that you continue listening on, you'll hear back again from Tim on some more in-depth lead generation opportunities that they are doing over at their hospital. Thank you so much, Tim, for being part of this.
1: Great. Thanks, Amanda.
0: This wraps up our third episode of Lead Generation. We appreciate you always staying with us, and you can always go back and listen to other episodes at www.promarketing.com forward slash whatmakesyouclick. Tune in for episode four, where we discuss advertisements, conversions, and landing pages. We'll see you back soon. You have reached the end of another episode of What Makes You Click. Check us out at promarketing.com forward slash what makes you click. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to receive our free resources and materials. See you in the next episode.